Welcome. You're listening to the Faith and Geekery podcast recorded live on a Tuesday with Mark and Becca. We're your hosts. This is your community. Wherever and whenever you're listening, welcome on board. Hello, welcome to another episode of Faith and Geekery. My name is Mark and unfortunately there is no Becca this evening, so it is just my lonesome, but don't worry, I'm not completely alone because we have Tom, our guest, on in a little moment. Uh, again, because there's no Becca, we're doing things things a little bit differently, and uh, let's see if uh, she tunes in and uh, notices any difference, uh, or uh, we'll, we'll carry on regardless uh, and see how we go. Um, but... Yes, it's just uh, me tonight, and we're going to do things a little bit differently. So there isn't going to be the quiz, but I've got something in a little bit as, as different for that. Uh, and we haven't got uh, geeky news, but mainly because I ran out of time. Uh, and so uh, the thing for me that really stands out, obviously, Doctor Who, uh, but I don't want to post any spoilers. Um, I thought the uh, the final episode was very good and very interesting all those things that it brings up, but I won't mention any of that for the fear of spoiling it for someone. Uh, there's also the fact that the Christmas special, uh, there is quite a funny bit of news there, is that the Goblin song that's on the trailer for the Christmas special is outdoing Mariah Carey uh, in the iTunes top 10, which I know she's got a bit of a head start, but it's just hilarious that the Doctor Who stuff is is doing so well in the iTunes um, charts. So, um, so yeah, so I don't think there's very much else other than Christmas stuff and otherwise. And so I think that was another reason why I didn't go down the... Uh, the um, the geeky news a bit but um i wonder what have we been up to this week uh in geeky things so please do feel free to leave a comment to um just share a little bit about what you've been up to since we've last met and uh and then i'm going to bring tom um onto stage with us so here we go good evening tom how are we doing Good evening, yeah, doing good, doing all right. Well, I say doing good, it's always that automatic response, isn't it? Yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. I have actually got a bit of a throat infection at the moment. Oh, uh, bless you. Typical for this time of year, you know, Minister needs to be doing a lot of talking, a carol service this afternoon, throat infection. So, oh, uh, no. Well, I hope you yeah. feel better soon. And it's a real pleasure, though, to see you and to hear you, because I often just see you online <laughs> or in the Discord community. Uh, yep. And uh, thank you for sharing your username as well, so people go, oh, that's Mendip Nomad, you know. So, uh, oh. fantastic. Thank you uh, for right. coming to, to join us. I said before, you know, I'd, I'd happily have been a guest before, but Tuesday evenings are often actually quite difficult for me, because normally... I'm not working on a Tuesday, and therefore normally I'm tied up with my wife, making sure we're getting time together. So, uh, so, yeah, yeah. but I had to work today because of fixed dates for carol services and things. So, uh, good to yeah, be yeah, here. Yeah. Bless you. No, oh, thank you. Have you been up to anything geeky recently, or that isn't going to oh. feature later on, or? Well, or I mean, it might be something that features later on. But um, I guess the big geeky thing that I've been doing recently uh, might crop, um, crop up in a gallery or something is um, Lego. Uh, every year we um, get the uh, winter village we get the new winter village set and we add it into all the other winter village sets which normally are packed up in their boxes up in the loft and they come down uh, beginning of December and we rebuild them all and put them into a display so um, that's probably the geekiest thing I have been doing uh, plus um, started my annual Christmas reading but I'm pretty sure we're going to mention that later so yes yes no, fantastic fantastic I'm just really impressed that you pack it away and bring it out again afresh every year that's really good going space uh, space I mean we don't have yeah, enough display space plus although we are starting to think whether we need to find an alternative because you know you take it all apart you don't keep all the little bags that it originally comes in it just goes in some bags in the box and it can be some hard work when you're doing starting off on a big set, you know, 2000 pieces and the instructions two steps in ask you to find a little one by one little brick. And you're like, where is you know, it's the only one of that color in the whole set? And you're like, where is it in this pile of bricks? So uh, yeah. it can be a bit frustrating, but uh, it is done and it is up. So uh, yeah, yeah no. definitely there. 
No, that's good. That's good. Uh, good evening, Lydia. Uh, Lydia's online. She's saying hello. Um, yeah, in regards to that, I've got to say, uh, as I trawled through our bag of socks to try and find a pair for my daughter, uh, who is... I don't think she she believes that socks should ever go in a wash bin. Uh, they should just be distributed elsewhere around the house. Uh, I did kind of find myself going, oh, I wonder if this is a skill that I've acquired through Lego, of just trawling through a Lego box, trying to find that little wanna uh, as we go. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I just kind of I suddenly just had a pause and thought, mm, an interchangeable skill there of searching through a bag for one little sock to yeah. searching through Lego as I was younger, trying to find that mm -hmm. missing, missing piece. Um, so yes, um, so instead of a quiz tonight, and folks do feel free to uh, keep. Uh, oh, so uh, Liz is also, but is the sock distribution in case Dobby comes? <laughs> no. However, um, I don't think I've got it available. But um, I entered a competition once, and I got a little Dobby, and Dobby resides in our sock bag. <laughs> uh, so the bag where all the missing socks goes into, we have a little Dobby that sits on the top um, for just uh, for that kind mm -hmm. of uh, yeah. Little notable mention. Um, my wife Lorna has a Lego Dobby, um, the one that you actually build. Oh, which yeah, comes, that... which comes with a Lego sock. Oh, that's very sweet. That's very sweet. Um, so uh, the instead of the quiz, uh, I thought we'd kind of just have a bit of um, I want to say a poll, but because we're across multiple platforms, social media platforms, and I just don't know how techie people are. Uh, I was going to go with Miro or something. I just thought, you know what, we haven't got a, such a big audience where we could actually just ask people to comment on the videos uh so um i would like us to um and i shared it a little bit earlier on uh, on social media to share what is your go-to movie uh for christmas what is your go-to movie uh for you know that 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 quintessential you know officially it's whether whether you recognize it as advent and the lead up to christmas or actually christmas I don't mind that that kind of uh, that that kind of a wider, broader look. But you know, what is that mood when you want that kind of Christmas vibe? Yeah. When you want to get there, what film is it? And I'm just really interested to know. It's not a poll to see who wins or anything like that. Um, and you don't even necessarily have to be an official Christmas movie. Um, you know, I for one. Becky and myself, we've already watched Die Hard. Um, and I realise that does split opinion, whether it's a Christmas film or not, blah, blah, blah. Actually, you know what? We watch it. That's part of our viewing. It's a Christmas um, movie. It's definitely a Christmas movie. Absolutely. It's Christmas Eve. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, blah, 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 blah. second screen at the start of lockdown. Including Mimo. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so, oh, already, Cody, uh, thank you. Yeah, Nativity 2. Now, is that the one with David Tennant, or is it the third one uh, with David Tennant? They blur um, into one with me. I have, I'm pretty yeah. sure I've seen most of them, but I can... Yeah, they are blurring a little bit for me as well. Oh, fantastic. Miracle on 34th Street. Fantastic. So, yeah, folks, just, yeah, bombard us with that. or oh, send us a message. Leave it in the Discord if you are... Uh, involved in that community if not it's an early plug uh for being part of the discord community and i think we cover various things don't we tom mm -hmm. um oh Cody said yep it's the one with david tennant in ah, yes um which uh, should occasionally maybe we should just have a david tennant special at some point maybe not um uh, but oh uh Kim has put, uh, it's not a movie, but we always watch Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman. Oh, okay. But okay, mm -hmm. yeah, I've not come across that one, um, but that's very good. Oh, and Lydia as well. Uh, does Gremlin count? Uh, it's set yeah. at Christmas. I've, yeah, I've yeah, heard, yeah. I've heard the argument for Gremlins being being a Christmas movie as well. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely is. But again, I think I've already kind of given that caveat. It doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be. Uh, and uh, I'm just trying to think of another example, really. But um yeah, no, I think any of these things that gets us into that Christmassy mood, you know, is uh, is absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. I have, I have two. I have two. On. One's not one's not a movie. Uh, one is the Christmas episode of The West Wing from the very first season, uh, and it's Chelsea's Day, uh, which is just uh, probably the best episode of The West Wing out of the whole seven seasons, and uh, an award-winning piece of TV. It's just brilliant. Um, I, I often watch all the Christmas episodes of The West Wing over the Christmas period, but that's the one. Um, Movies-wise, uh, surely it has to be a Muppet Christmas Carol. 
I mean, oh, yes. Are, are, is, is there any... Know ye better, time? man! <laughs> <laughs> no, very much so, very much so. Unfortunately, our kids don't like it. I don't know if it's something muppety about them, but I'm like thinking, in time, you're like a fine wine. You'll get to know this. You'll yeah. get to appreciate this uh, when you're a little bit older. Uh, but yeah, no, no, Muppet Christmas Carol all the way. Um, yeah. I think I've even got a photo somewhere where I, I dressed up as uh, future of um, the ghost of Christmas future. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I should have maybe foreseen walking across a foggy bridge in Durham and nearly terrifying an old lady half to death. Um, mm. Where, uh, yeah, I should have maybe seen that one. Oh, someone else, but another tradition is Box of Delight. Mm -hmm. It's in live performance. Oh, all right. Ooh. Um, that sounds very interesting, and I don't actually know what that is, but obviously, uh, Royal Shakespeare Ooh. Company. So, I'll have to ask yeah. my wife, who is more educated than I. Uh, Box of Delights Delight is, um, is it a John Macefield novel to start with, or oh, cool. novella, um, which was turned into a BBC television series uh, in our early youth, I would imagine. Um, uh, classic classic bbc um serialization um i've got a friend my friend dom who i did a very brief attempt at podcasting with um he what that's one of the things he does every christmas is watch um box no, right. fantastic um uh, and things. but i didn't know there was a new rsc production of it that sounds yeah. interesting that'd be fantastic so um Again, I say educated, but mainly because the immediate thought I thought was, is she on about Turkish delight? Uh, <laughs> but obviously not. Obviously not. Uh, so I'm glad that you uh, you corrected me on that one, or I, I kind of trained myself as well. Uh, we're going to go and see Hans Zimmerman Illuminated thing in Selby on Saturday Orchestra with songs from the movies. Oh, that sounds very swish as well. Um, I was going to say, I, I went for the first time to a pantomime on Sunday. Uh, and it was a rainbows thing, so um, kind of yeah, guide, uh, guide guiding up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, I went there with uh, we basically Becky kind of is one of the leaders. So Ruben and I kind of got um, some kind of uh, half price ticket sort of thing, and we went. And I was like, okay, I know now know why I don't really do this. Um, I wasn't that bothered. I, I still aren't, aren't that bothered. Bless them, you know they they gave a good performance and their kids laughed at rude jokes or rudish jokes. Um, even though I don't think I'd have told any of those sort of jokes to my children. Uh, so interesting, interesting. Anyway, I'm, I'm um, glad Panto exists. I'm glad people enjoy it, but I don't. Yeah. Um, my famous Panto series uh, once when we lived in South London, uh, we got tickets. Brian Blessed was playing Captain Hook in the Peter Pan Panto <laughs> at Fairfields in Croydon. Yeah, one yeah. of the big pantos of the year and because it was brian blessed i said okay i'll go we can all go to the panto and i will put up with the panto because it's brian blessed uh, so we get there we're in the foyer and there's this bing bong uh, this is to um, inform patrons that today captain yeah. hook will be played by somebody or other because oh. brian blessed's not available i literally handed lord of the ticket walked out and said i'm just going to wait in the car i'll see you when it's finished Oh no! And it comes full circle to hear that you had a, a throat infection that night. No, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, no, I was joking. Um, yeah, no. I, I remember a few years back, he did a he did a reading for like uh, Easter, and um, and there was a moment where I was thinking, "Is he going to be a disciple?" And God, what? Jesus is alive? <laughs> I was like, "No, no, no." But you know. Um, you would have to have tweaked the reading quite considerably to do that, but I was just thinking an opportunity there was missed. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and uh, Kim's also put, um, yeah, Turkish Delight, now he's talking, and leading on to Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. I do know some people who like to watch that annually, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I, I kind of put it in the chapter of the BBC original sort of stuff. It's nice. I'm glad it, I've watched it, but I don't need to return right. to it. Yeah. Um, but uh, And I think the films have been reasonable, but um, mm -hmm. it's a shame that they lost the they lost steam and they mm -hmm. kind of fizzled out without doing all of them. And uh, I also wait to see what whether Netflix is running with it. I can't remember if where the status mm. is with it in the end. Uh, um, these things but, go into the into the into the studios, and then you never know where they are. Yeah. Well, especially with the writers' strikes, especially when mm. they're kind of weighing up whether streaming services are as successful as they first promised to be mm. and i think you know i think there's maybe a little bit of a catching up with the reality of where people are at 
dare I say. Um, so we'll wait to see that. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, gl- I'm glad people are starting to run with this. And so, folks, do just comment or let us know through Discord or contact another way <laughs> i don't know whether you're friends on facebook or otherwise uh, if you're listening later on podcast do let us know um, and we'll wait, look to see and maybe have a look at some of these results next week as we reflect on christmas and christmas specials and things like that um and uh, i think uh, i think lydia's now just asking for a menu now really gingerbread latte <laughs> if we're going there yeah well okay uh we're not quite going there, but um, so I'm really glad that we're starting to think about what are our go-to Christmas movies. That's fantastic. Or broadly, TV things, specials, things like that. Um, I've, I will be honest, I, I do occasionally return back to Doctor Who specials as well. And um, my my son has showed an interest in the Christmas specials. So uh-huh. we'll definitely be doing that eventually. Um yeah. We, we launched straight into this and didn't really talk about any of the geeky news, I don't think, but we're going to go straight into Geeky Gallery and see what else we kind of talk about. Um, so um, we're going to just bring stuff up here. And um, now I should have... Last few weeks, I've been kind of sharing the whole kind of picture of things. So I, mm-hmm. it reminds me exactly who's posted this up. I think it's Luke, isn't it? Who yeah, shared Luke. this? That's Luke. Uh, yes, uh, and so been talking about kind of painting effects and um, putting makeup onto his mm. uh, his figurine, um, and uh, yeah, it's looking good. I mean, the amount of detail on that and like the possible magic scrolls or scrolls and things like that is yeah, fantastic yeah, scrolls, detail. Magic books, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the level of detail on that is fantastic. Um, I and. I mean, to be honest, even just with eyes, I think I'd go with anything with a visor, glasses, yeah. uh, dodgy disguise to cover any of the face up. <laughs> I've realised that my my heart is willing, but my ability is is still needing practice. Uh, so that's fantastic. Oh, there we go. That's your uh, that's yours, uh, Tom. Um, yeah. Um, or as the hog father. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's the it's um. A, the carriage I got, the sledge I got from last year, and um, I just suddenly realised that this year when I was rebuilding it, hang on, I've got a skeleton head somewhere. Absolutely. I know what I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, and I've got to say, that is what on my list. Uh, I do tend to watch it though. Um, I do mm-hmm. tend to watch the Hogfather, what Sky did with the two specials. Yep. So it is quite a long read but i uh, sorry mm-hmm. what a long watch but not as long read so um no. so yeah so uh i i opt for the the tv version um and then here is some more of your bits but i think are we going to come on to that a little bit later yeah well, we uh, might do. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah um, but those looking fantastic i can't believe you get those out every year and build them yeah. and put them away that is fantastic um and then lydia who we've already seen uh or seen comment this is um Lydia, I assume there's a purpose for that, but knowing Lydia, I don't know whether you do just dress up as a cow some days. I don't know. Do, I would do, hate do to. Do you need a reason? Do you need I, a reason? I was going to say, I, I, I don't want to suspect, nor do I want to offend her. It's Lydia <laughs> Moo. Uh, Lydia Moo. There you go. <laughs> You're looking oh, fantastic there, Lydia. It's fab. Um, and then also Lydia. Um, Lydia Moo um, finally found my de- desperately in search of Popsy, which is disability representation on it, and it's called Eden. Yeah, again, that's really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Lydia has just clarified that she was telling the story of Nativity from the cow's perspective. Jolly good, jolly good. Um, it always makes me chuckle that when So uh, just earlier this week, um, my daughter was doing her nativity and we were just talking about kind of the various roles and things. And I know that the love actually uh, has that kind of notice- noticeable moment of like, is it like the second lobster or something like yep. that? Yep. Um, it always makes me chuckle when they kind of talk about, um, it's like, oh yeah, I'm a pig. And they're kind of going, are you likely to be a pig in, <laughs> in, in Bethlehem? pigs aren't that kind of popular that way on uh due to anyway um so it's just yeah it makes me chuckle sometimes um oh oh my gosh yes yes i'm sorry i should have mentioned that one first looking beautiful and milking this and let's move quickly on from the cow jokes um oh and that was it moving quickly on from uh from that as well um so yes yes um 
So I think that is all of the bits and pieces. But just a little reminder, folks, that if you are wanting to share from uh, through uh, the Geeky Gallery, uh, please do join our Discord. Basically, I say the Discord because that's the easiest and the one that I'm more likely to check. Um, feel free to try to um, leave a comment or a picture on below the video um if you can i don't know if it's all, all the settings are enabled on that kind of stuff on facebook or otherwise but if not try and get in touch um and uh, we'll we'll see what we can do but the, the the easiest way is through the discord community and the link the blurb you know the link is in the blurb uh, associated with this video and we'll go from there uh and so yeah so tom uh, we've kind of come over and folks do continue to feel free to comment and uh, you know if you're new and just kind of uh, wanting to comment your christmas movie we'll try and collect collate all these for next week and go from there but uh yeah tom so we've mentioned uh we've mentioned lego already um mm -hmm. and uh again we've already got the uh oops do, 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 christmas village um is there yep. anything else that you want to to share whilst i've got the this up or... yeah so that's 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 just i mean it's fair to say that's that's two panoramic pictures of i think there's four in total oh, that I, I had to take it's a it's a full length um kind of we've got so you've got the station the train um i'm trying to think elf clubhouse um the elf clubhouse um we've got the alpine lodge um oh this year one of the gifts with purchase was the little uh christmas market stall so i've got that uh, the fire station the main street, um, the house, which was Santa's um, visit. So yeah, pretty much all the winter village sets that they've done for the last, or oh, I don't know, seven, eight years now, I think. Right. Um, yeah. The only one we haven't got is the gingerbread house. They did a gingerbread house one year and I didn't feel it fitted the, the aesthetic of, so <laughs> I, I didn't bother getting it. Um, but uh, other than that, yeah. So and yeah, they go away and they come back each year. I mean, Lego is something that both that I have done most of my life, um, and uh, we get Lego through the year. Which nowadays, I wouldn't say I'm somebody who plays with Lego anymore. I mm. buy the proper big adult sets and I build them, and then they generally get stuck on display. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, Christmas, yeah. So, but our bonafide, we will have to review at some point because we will not be in this house forever. I'm a minister, I'm a Methodist minister, and therefore I'm going to move. Um, we have the delight in the current house that the um, the big, huge TV unit that's kind of built into the corner of the lounge has this is painted in gloss white, and it has this big, long shelf all the way along above the television. So it makes this absolutely perfect kind of Christmas decoration, winter village Lego scene that we can space. But I don't imagine future properties will have that kind of uh, facility. Yeah. So we'll have to rework out what we do. Um, but uh, and, and building it every year has got to the point where it can be a bit of a struggle, both in terms of how much there is and just actually when you empty them, because you, know, you don't put everything back into the, all the little bags um, so it goes into a couple of bags, but yeah, finding all the bits, it can be both Lauren and I both had a bit of frustration um, yeah, yeah, yeah. this year. Really, this year it did get really quite frustrating trying to find bits at times. So um, <coughs> yeah, um, oh, but it comes out once a year, and it's part of kind of it is part of our kind of Christmas tradition now. Yeah. But we get it out and we build it up, and each year the scene looks a bit different, and models go in slightly different places. Station always goes at one end with the with the with the train because it's the easiest way of doing it. But um, other than that, things end up in different positions, and um, it's always a little bit of fun. And, yeah, um, yeah. It's probably the thing of all the geeky things I do. I mean, I don't think I would have ever thought of Lego as geeky when I was a kid when I played <laughs> with it. But it's very much a geeky thing when you're an adult and playing with it. I think. Or yeah. Um, you know, but I've been I've been you know, playing with Lego set, having Lego sets and building Lego since, you know, or, you know, probably five, six, seven. First, first model that I remember definitely getting, which was a notable model, was I did get an original, uh, the Space Explorer um, 918 or whatever it is, 937, 
um, I got that for Christmas, not the year that it was released, because it was only released about the time I was born, but it was still available a few years later, so probably when I was, well, we were in Staffordshire, so I wouldn't have been any older than six when I got it. Is that um, is that the large one with the where the back opens up and the little yeah. kind of thing drives out? Yeah, yeah, yeah the blue and my, big blue and big yeah. blue and grey one with the yellow glass. Uh, my older brother had that one, uh, mm -hmm. and I remember it fondly. Um, and he still has it now today. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, that's very cool. That's very cool. Yeah, I've and still is, got is, is, most of the bits. I'm, I'm, got, I'm not sure. I, I, so I technically still have it. What I have on display is the new one. They did a new version of it um, last year, was it? For um, yeah. anniversary, and I bought. I, I was. I literally was there on the Lego website at like midnight, making sure that I got hitting refresh <laughs> so that I could get it. I was like, I'm not missing this. I don't care what else. I'm not that one. Oh, yeah. I'm not missing. Um, so um, I, I have that. That's on display. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah no, uh, Lego is is has a kind of fondness for me as well, especially Christmas time. I remember getting. Mm -hmm. um, I was about to say a shell garage, but other garages are available. But yeah, I got the mm -hmm. shell garage Lego set. And I remember waking up at something like three o'clock in the morning, finding it at my bed end and building it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like my parents were not impressed that I'd like already built it by the time oh. they'd woken up. And the fact that I shared the same room as my brother, so I'd woken my older brother up and things like this, you know. But oh. you know, I, but yeah, Christmas was always, and because I was one of um, three and eventually one of four lego was a stale like a stable kind of mm -hmm. present for many years and um, you know we used to have two magazines in the house one was an argus catalog the other was the lego catalog and that that was the like, yep. that was the staple of our we lived out in the middle of nowhere so that was the only way kind of retail kind of filtered through to our mm -hmm. uh, our house so uh, it was always a case of ringing each set that we wanted yeah. and, uh, and especially kind of the uh, lego castle range stuff but right. we did dabble with them um, the castle uh, with the space as well mm -hmm. um so that was very cool that's very cool yeah, yeah. Uh, i will just show, share very briefly um that um i can't remember if i shared it with everyone else but um this is currently in our um in my uh, living room oh, uh, yeah. this is on our christmas tree uh, i got these mm -hmm. see-through baubles uh, a couple of years ago and realized that we have so many mini minifigures that mm -hmm. um they were just kind of collecting dust on the side and i suddenly i think it must have been on pinterest or something like that somebody had said about putting um a reindeer in or something like that and i just thought i know it's not completely christmasy no. but why don't we just put minifigures in mm. into them and so i got some i couldn't bring myself to to actually gluing proper lego i am a bit of a uh, a pure breed of, of lego stuff so i was like i can't i can't glue in so i bought some cheap uh cheap knockoff lego um transparent blocks from uh, from an online shop and then just glue gunned them in so they've right. all got their little platforms but mm -hmm. it was just a way for me to uh yeah to kind of share them and show them off and otherwise mm -hmm. and so that is the uh, 13th doctor with a sonic screwdriver and then there's the cheshire cat um in other places i've kind of got mm -hmm. like um john wesley i've got kind of various disney characters uh we've got kind of a shepherd and all this kind mm -hmm. of stuff and occasionally we will kind of swap them over because you can just like you know pop them yeah. out and, and put them in place but it's just some little novel and actually it kind of keeps the you know the trend of whatever color that you have and just breaks mm -hmm. it up with something yeah. mostly transparent and a little bit of fun um yeah. so no yeah lego is, is a fantastic tool for uh, yeah for that really I mean, does have, that help go on. yeah we have i mean we have lego baubles we have some official lego so lego every so often do release a new yeah. set of baubles where you can it's not just minifigures you kind of build a model to yeah. go inside it kind of yeah like i think we've got so, reindeer and we've got a yeah. santa um yeah yeah and a couple also, of things, snowman reindeer yeah um, i've got the reindeer one yeah. and the santa one we've also got like just basic red and basic yellow like blocks mm -hmm. i think it's just like loose blocks but full, oh, okay. packed full yeah. um, but that's the extent that i've got um but, and i guess yeah. the other christmasy lego thing is um which i'm involved in is i do every year get the star wars lego advent calendar mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which um, to leak into faith and geekery, um, I've got into the habit of uh, posting each day what I've got um, with a little kind of I don't know thought for the day that's inspired by the month. I mean, 
inspired is a very loose word there because yeah, yeah, um, yeah. i'm taking them up on the fly every day because yeah, yeah, yeah. um there's a facebook pay group um advent where i am uh which is run by a couple of other methodists um, yeah, yeah that's cool and um i always post on there and post a little thought whatever that particular day has inspired um it's kind of become an extra little bit yeah, of my yeah. kind of advent work as it were yeah, no, that's really good. That's really good. I, I I started doing advent calendars online, advent calendars back in I think twenty eleven, I think. Wow. Um, and then, but that was just on the spot thinking about Cadbury's chocolate. Literally, kind of other chocolates available. Uh, mm -hmm. But um, kind of just uh, referencing it, and uh, yeah, kind of just exploring advent a little bit differently because I do find that yeah. Advent, well, a lot of Christians, well, so a lot of kind of society kind of runs straight into Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little bugbear of mine, which I try and do graciously, is remind companies that 12 days of Christmas doesn't start in December the 1st. Mm -hmm. uh, and the amount of competition, go, oh, our first day, it's, like, it's December, it's Advent, it's not Christmas yet. The yeah. first day, first day of Christmas is Christmas Day. Um, don't rush into it. Don't rush into it. Uh, but anyway, sorry, I'll get off that soapbox. Um, but I do find these little things that help us to, to kind of find our pace. Uh, mm. And uh, whether that is like a little advent calendar, um, we don't always do it. But our kids have got the Star Wars. Um, Ruben's got the Star Wars uh, advent calendar. Miriam's mm -hmm. got the Harry Potter one, and yeah, uh, one. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, but we don't always do it because I think they're a big treat and you know mm -hmm. expensive. Um, mm -hmm. But I do find that, I, that um, we've got the um, Exit the Game Advent Calendar this year, um, yeah, okay. just to help us just stop and pause a bit. Mm -hmm. I'm still also fi finishing a Tardis, uh, mm, which is yeah, also enabling me to stop, and I'm finding that really helpful. That whilst I am building something my mind can drift and I can mm -hmm. just pause and process. Yeah. And and I think if I was just sat on a settee watching something, my brain's not there, you know, mm -hmm. but physically doing something with my hands, mm -hmm. you know, of building, of of creating is yeah. such a moment in in kind of Advent to, to do, you know, and don't get me mm -hmm. wrong, the rest of the time is very busy <laughs> uh, <laughs> with with all kinds of stuff. But you know, just to be able to factor in and just to kind of go, let's stop, yep. let's watch or do or craft mm -hmm. and create, is as a real blessing. Just to kind mm -hmm. of help pace myself. And as yep. long as you know the job work, you know the job gets done, as mm -hmm. in work gets done. As long as kind of we have these moments of family, of downtime, uptime, and otherwise, to be able to just stop and and do something different is really helpful for me, and it really yeah. kind of grounds me. Um, so uh, so yeah, I definitely can see the appeal of of setting up kind of Christmas stuff of of being mm -hmm. able to just to kind of engage with Advent on a different level, yeah. and for those who want to can theologically reflect or kind of dip a little bit deeper yeah, i think that's good yeah, yeah. i think that's good um anything else left to say about lego or should we move on to another interest of yourself no i think i don't think i probably is enough about lego i mean that's, yeah uh, yeah it's it's just something that's always with me and just sits there in the background a lot of the time but it just happens to really be at the forefront of this time of year but it's not yeah uh, you know, my, my my main hobby interests nowadays, geeky interests nowadays, lie in other places, and it just potters along when I see a model come out. I think, oh, I'm an adult and I have some money now. I can buy that. That'd be nice. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's not it's not the main focus kind of of my time, other yeah. than this time of year, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Lego have definitely learned about that, haven't they? They've definitely kind of mm. worked out that actually the adult fans of Lego um, are really, uh, yeah, kind of important. To, yeah. to kind of recognize and to keep motivated and mm -hmm. to release and drop new things as well so uh no i get that i get that definitely it's um yeah so uh what else would you like to talk about tonight well i mean I, i'm not necessarily going to talk about it much but i'm just moving my camera because i can't see i mean the thing that i spend most of my hobbying on now is is can we get that here we go it's oh, the cool. warhammer yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's one of my. Uh, we've, they've been on Geek Gallery previously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Judge Dredd Warhammer 40,000 mashup. Um, they're 
slowly because of all the lego building i've been doing i they should that unit should have been finished by now but they're not finished because i've been doing just gonna drop something on and then remove it one second because i wonder if i can find uh oh no not that week um nope i was just wondering if i could find one of your examples yeah uh i'm trying to remember what week it would have been <laughs> uh, which is slightly more problematic uh oh here we go is that one of yours i think that's maybe one of yours yeah we go yeah that's the first one um, i did of that unit so yeah yeah i've upgraded the bases since um but uh yeah so um harks but you know so two geeky things really in one there um warhammer 40,000, which i've been into since well, I was into it. That's one of those things where I start. I, I was into it when I was a teenager, um, and then um, kind of got into my later teens and moved, uh, yeah. and kind of gave it up, and then came back to it. Oh, only about seven years ago. Right, right. Uh, and of course, as an adult, discovered that um, I, I could paint a bit. You know, when I was when I was a teenager, you know, it was kind of slap on a bit of uh humble enamels and that, that was it whereas now um and in fact painting now yeah, yeah. Is probably the most important part of the hobby for me because like you said right, fantastic. It's that switch off it's that focus yeah, yeah. it's yeah. prayer time it's it's those kinds of uh, that meditative kind of like focusing on the painting because most yeah, of yeah. those models are only you know 30 millimeters tall so yeah, um, I forgot to mention we've obviously got uh, podcast listeners as well, so we need mm, to mention what we're yes. actually looking at. Yes, so, so what sorry, we're looking folks. at is <laughs> yes. So what we're looking at is a um, a very small, it's about thirty millimeters uh, tall uh, model of a chap dressed in some uh, armor with a very kind of kind of filigreed, um, very over the top gothic kind of imagery on it. Um, carrying a kind of shotgun and a, a baton um, and the color scheme though the important thing is the color scheme so black body uh, green extremities with a uh, red face mask uh, and gold pauldrons uh, because that is the judge dread paint scheme from 2018 yeah, yeah. uh, and the two things warhammer 40,000 and judge dread are inextricably linked in my mind simply because the family friend um he was a uh, few years older, not a couple of years older than me, maybe four years older than me, um, that kind of first introduced me to Warmer 40,000, Warmer Fantasy Battle, etc. was also the person who first introduced me to 2000 AD and Judge Dredd uh, and uh, all the stuff that goes with 2008, other stuff that goes with 2000 AD. Uh, so when I saw that GW were releasing these models, I was like, I know exactly what colour scheme I have to use for yeah, those, yeah, yeah. and no other option is possible. Um, uh, I mean, so, uh, I, I yeah. definitely get, I definitely get the Judge Dread look. I definitely get the Warhammer look. I almost get like a Roman centurion look. I don't know if it's like the sort of eagle. Yeah, eagle-esque. Yeah, there'll be a gold. bit of that in there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, you know, the designers for Warhammer Forty Thousand. It's been the case since Warhammer Forty Thousand was released first in you know the nineteen eighty-seven. Uh, you know, they've borrowed from all over the place. It's very deliberate. Um, mm. There's nothing subtle about it. Um, you won't get their designers saying, oh, well, you know, um, maybe I got it. I mean, it's just blatant. They're, they're, they're kind of bringing all kinds of influences in, and it's very deliberate. And the whole setting, um, which is part 40, you know, part fantasy in space, but part kind of, certainly in its early days, deeply satirical. You know, it very, it's very much British. Americans would never have come up with Warhammer 40,000 as it, as, it, as it actually is. It's just, you know, it, it is the kind of 2000 AD satirical uh, look at the world, but doing it through sci-fi fantasy. Um, and yeah, which means everything is elaborate, everything's over the top. And yeah, there's very much that kind of, yeah, Roman, Roman kind of eagle on his helmet kind of thing, which is just ridiculous. Um, but... Um, but yeah, definitely kind of a nod to that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, and um, yeah, and and so, warmer forty thousand um, in particular. I play, I've played occasionally a bit of Age of Sigmar kind of fantasy stuff. 
Um, but, for, but for those who don't really get Warhammer, because I, I don't, I, I know of it. I it? know kind of people go, what, what does it? Is it like a role play thing? Is it like a, or is it like more regimental kind of army tactics sort of thing? So it's, or? it's. Ah, um, oh, now there's a question. So, um, Warhammer Fantasy Battle, which is kind mm -hmm. of where they started the, the, with, well, no, it's not where they started, but it's the big. It was the big first of their big games. Yeah, that yeah. was very much regimental. That was much more similar to kind of um, rank and file uh, war, you know, historical war gaming, but fantasy. Yeah, um, they're basically sort of uh, rank and file uh, games. Um, but they had these fantasy mods, Citadel had these fantasy models, so they needed a game to play with fantasy models, but rank and file square bases. Um, so that was that. Warhammer 40,000, when it first released, it sat, it was kind of an army game with a lot of RPG. It, mm. it, if you look at the original kind of Warhammer 40,000 Rogue Trader, the original rules from 1987, it's, it, you know, there's a lot of RPG, you know, there's a lot of rules about how you can generate your own characters. Um, how you can create your own characteristics for those characters. You know, there's, there's, there's quite a lot, but always with the idea that unlike, you know, a lot of um, TTRPGs where you can have models, but what's really important is go what goes on in your head. It always designed with the idea that what you're doing is moving models around on a table. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, over the years, the RPG bit has been very much lost. Um, and right, it's very okay. much now... Um, these are the characteristics. Uh, these are the statistics. You know, these are the statistics for this model, for that model. Yeah. Um, these are how the rules work, and these are how you interact. Uh, in terms of size, uh, generally, um, so it's round bases. So it's it's one forty thousand is units. So you move a batch of models together. They stay in. They have to stay close enough together to be uh, in coherency, uh, etc. You can get very small games where each model is its own unit, which would be closer, I guess, to kind of, I don't see, I don't do RPG. So, um, but I would guess closer to kind of the idea of, you know, a gang of adventurers together. Yeah, yeah, each yeah. model is a different, you know, different unit and you move them one at a time and they can run off wherever they like uh, with on the board. Um, uh, so, Warhammer 40,000 would be considered an army game, so it's unit mm. by unit, but yeah. actually compared to kind of the size of game that historical gamers sometimes play at, it's yeah. still a pretty small, you know, you don't really normally play on anything bigger than a six foot by four foot table and normally oh, slightly okay. smaller, whereas, yeah. you know, historical gamers will be, can be playing on, you know, eight foot, ten foot tables. Wow, um, wow. Which, you know, we don't, Warhammer 40,000, Warhammer wouldn't get anything close to that. Uh, most of yeah, the time yeah. it's six by four or slightly smaller. So turn-based, do you, do you kind of like, yeah. do you roll dice or is it just yes. like initiative order or, you know? No, no. so uh, there's, there's there's quite a lot of dice rolling. Um, so one of the big, um, amongst people who play a numerous different tabletop kind of war games, uh, one of the big bugbears of Warhammer uh, is that it's designed to be um, I go you go so basically i do everything with mine so i do all my giving orders i do mm. all my moving i do all my shooting and charging and yeah, fighting yeah. um and then you do it all um the that has some you know benefits to it i suppose but the big challenge is that it does mean if it's not your go you're just sat there watching a lot of things happening and not mm. doing a lot whereas a lot of modern much like the slight, slightly newer war games tend to operate on a um alternating activation so i might get i would use i would do something with a unit but then you do something with one of your units and then oh, back okay. forward so right, 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 there's right. a lot more kind of ongoing interaction um yeah, yeah. but warhammer's james workshop had, it's all it's the way they've always done things and what they're famous for and i think you they'll never change it because um it's what they're known for even though everybody basically in the gaming world now recognizes that it's not the best way of doing things but yeah. you know, i mean there's there's a way to i mean you could argue the church is pretty much the same <laughs> yeah everybody <laughs> recognizes the better way of doing it now but no no we've got to carry on doing it the way we've always done it because oh. that's what everybody knows us for yeah. um <laughs> reflecting on warhammer games gaming in general and theology uh, is i did my sabbatical um on the links between tabletop oh, cool. war gaming and and faith um 
in terms of uh, what what the church might learn. I mean, I didn't necessarily do as much of my sabbatical uh, on that as I would have done because it fell just as we went into lockdown oh, uh, the yeah. first time. So actually what I did for most of my sabbatical was paint lots of models and not much else. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, so I've spent quite a bit of time thinking about how just generally the world of tabletop gaming um, and in particular kind of Games Workshop, but not just Games Workshop, actually does have quite a bit to say to us uh, in the church about the you know, a variety of things from uh, some interesting stuff. Um, there's a YouTube channel that I watch a lot, uh, the painting phase, um, and they get people on the, the guys who run the channel, including an ex-Games Workshop uh, painter, well-known painter. Uh, actually, what they've become known for is kind of chat show. They get guests in and chat to them about various things in the hobby world and they've had a couple of interesting um kind of conversations with a guy who used to be the hobby products um design manager for games oh, wow. workshop so right, right, hobby right. products is things like uh paints clippers um all kind, you know basically things that aren't miniatures and aren't the rules yeah, yeah. um and um I mean, it was quite interesting listening to him. And one of the things that I remember him talking about is um, what what they what he calls the hobby trumpet, and which is basically so basically you know a trumpet with a thin end and a and a wide end. And his his argument is because lots of people fuss about Games Workshop and hmm. how they're not catering to um, particular people in terms of models or or whatever. And his argument is, yeah, but Games Workshop. That, that isn't their market. Their market is the big, the wide entry end of the of the trumpet. They want to capture as many people as possible. They're about introducing new people to the hobby. There are other little companies that do the niche stuff for once you've been in the hobby 25 years and you, what you want is your really niche stuff. Games Workshop aren't going to give you that because there's no money, there's no profit for mm -hmm. them in it because yeah, make yeah. any profit whatsoever, they've got to be producing things in multiples of 10,000, not yeah, multiples yeah, yeah. of 10 um yeah, so yeah. and it was quite uh, just just listening to that and thinking actually maybe there's something for the church to think about there in terms of maybe it's not a problem if certain churches are better at doing the kind of drawing people in if other churches recognizing that they're better at dealing with the kind of really complicated questions that people end up with later on mm. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, but recognizing there are different things there and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know um so no, cool. yeah, I'm quite kind of so. Hobby does that's two good. things. That, that particular hobby does two things for me. It gives me the opportunity to paint and just focus on painting and prayer time, kind of almost. And then yeah, it gives me quite a lot of opportunity to um, think about what it actually means for the for the yeah. church and other things. So. Yeah, no, that sounds good. That sounds good. And yeah, I, I was wondering when you said about what churches to learn from. I was thinking more about strategy, uh, <laughs> about working working in like a in a. I was about to say in a unit. I don't exa exactly know what they called <laughs> battalion. Are they? I don't yeah, know. units. Uh, units would yeah. be the, the word yeah, yeah. what we. Yeah, no more. more you know, for me, really, it's been more interesting thinking about how the hobby generally and how yeah know, the kind of how organizations and mm. um, things within the hobby um, work and how there's a lot of growth recently in the gaming world amongst kind of more indie game companies and indie yeah, designers yeah. and kind of the proliferation of small games that not lots of people are going to play. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of games design, are probably actually better designed games yeah, than yeah. this big behemoth of a company, Games Workshop. It's the, mm -hmm. as far as I'm aware, it's the only publicly listed company in the whole of tabletop wargaming. You know, all the others wow. are all privately, they're all small enough to be privately owned, whereas Games Workshop's publicly listed, which yeah, also, yeah. of course, affects how it works because yeah, it's yeah. guided by laws that mean it has to yeah. make a profit, otherwise it gets in trouble. And I guess that, yeah, I guess that works on the air. That what kind of what is their ethos? And I think mm. we've talked about board games before on here about kind of, um, yeah how kind of inclusive they are and or mm -hmm. what kind of uh yeah even though um oh gosh yeah, what's this churches and strategy in the same sentence bring it on <laughs> uh yes believe it or not um mm. yes the 
I think for me, um, there's like some board games that you kind of read into that where you kind of go, actually, they're trying to be kind of carbon neutral. They're trying to be, mm -hmm. uh, they're trying to kind of make sure that they're paying the best kind of wage. Yeah. They're also trying to kind of cut down on the space of the package mm -hmm. um, that where, the, where it's been brought from so that there isn't just like, you know, air, yeah. you know, so that they're trying to kind of have these really kind of condensed kind of units, mm -hmm. um, not to be mistaken for Warhammer units, no, uh, no, you no. know, uh, but also like kind of really kind of kind of reduced mm -hmm. size um, kind of um, boxes mm -hmm. uh, and, and all that kind of stuff where you kind of go, actually, this makes sense. It's really good mm -hmm. that these people do this by choice rather than by kind of forced to do it or otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, yeah, you're right. I think. Um, church does have a, an opportunity to kind of learn from these kind of ideas and and having this kind of strategy and ethos behind like well we're doing this but why are we doing this and, and actually what what mm -hmm. is the vehicle that we're using and why are we doing it in this way and actually is this the most is this the best use of our time resources and actually yeah are we are we trying to play to our strengths or are we actually just doing it because everyone else is it is like you know are we doing this because actually we've got a genuine interest in this or is it just mm. because uh it we're, we're going along with the crowd or going along with the bigger churches or the mm -hmm. big stuff well that one in particular i think that's one thing that i've learned from painting and engaging with painting and kind of engaging kind of there can be a tendency in the world of hobby painting to kind of look at some of the stuff that's out there on Instagram and things, people who win awards and think, oh, I can't paint like that. How do I paint like that? Mm. Whereas actually the best advice in painting is the only person you can compare yourself to really is you. What's your yeah, painting yeah. like now compared to what it was like two years ago, five years ago? But also, yeah. are you happy with your paint quality? You know, yeah. you don't have to get better and better at it. If you've reached the standard that you like, I mean, you know, generally, yeah. I'm not looking to be any better at painting my models yeah. than I am currently. I, yeah. I, I'm comfortable with the level of painting that I do. It's for the tabletop. It's not for display uh, and things. And I think, again, churches, we do have this tendency to look, oh, that church is really successful. Well, yeah, but they might, successful how? And, yeah, yeah. and actually the call is to be faithful, not successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, so I think that's one big thing that I would always kind of highlight from what I've learned from the hobby that I can yeah, apply yeah. to faith is don't, don't start comparing yourself to others. Well, and, and that goes for quite a lot of hobbies, doesn't it? And like, yeah. I'm just uh, instantly, as, you, as soon as you started talking about that, I, I do a bit of running and uh, they talk about that all the time about kind of, you know, it, it's just focus on your personal best or, you know, mm -hmm. do that you can. And actually, you know what, if you run a kilometre, you know, high five a kilometre, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be, you, you don't have to kind of put yourself against kind of, you yeah. know, world-renowned athletes or otherwise, or the kind of the famous people. Actually, just as long as you're enjoying it, as long as you're kind of working on your fitness, then, mm -hmm. then it's, you know, as long as you're enjoying it, go for it. And I think yeah. these, all these hobbies should hopefully fulfill that. <laughs> you know, if, you, yeah, yeah. If, it, if you're not enjoying it, then you're going wrong somewhere. Uh, it's not hob at that point, if, it, if you're not enjoying it, it's not a hobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, basically. That, it's, that, that's um, the reality um, yeah but, uh, but, yeah that's cool that's cool and a little bit of a depth into theology and church as well that's mm -hmm. good and uh we managed to put strategy and church in there yeah. uh so all good all good and um, we've got a few more minutes is there anything else that you want to share or are you happy with kind of well i think i think we can't completely finish without mentioning the thing that actually kind of i jumped in on when i first offered to guests and we're not going to talk about it for very long but so it's Christmas, and I've just started my annual rereading oh, of uh, Terry Pratchett's Hogfather. Um, yes. And um, I have been uh, a Pratchett uh, reader since I was in my teens. Uh, I went away uh, on exchange. Uh, it was independent. It wasn't through school. It was a local organization that organized exchanges to France. Uh, yeah. and me and another lad who was a couple of years older than me and had been to the same family was going to the same family he was exchanging with the older brother and i was with the younger brother um and he'd been a couple of times previously uh and to be honest um my french is not great and i struggled a bit um and, and such like but he helped hugely but one of the things he did alongside that was handed me a copy of uh, i think it was equal rights mm -hmm. uh, and i read that and then on the minibus on the way home having got over and um, back into this country so the books were back in english at the service station on the way back i think i picked up mort and sorcery mm. 
and from yeah. that point i was just hooked yeah, um, yeah, yeah. got all the books that had been published up to that point and then every time a new one was published and to start with being younger and not so much money uh income i kind of i would wait till the paperback came out uh, and then i think it was the truth it was number 25 in the discord series whatever it was yeah, yeah, yeah. and um day i thought no i can't wait i'm going to buy it in hardback uh and since then i've had the hardbacks so yeah yeah, yeah. i'm sorry i'm looking across because i've got them oh, the little video that you see at the very beginning um, yeah, yeah. Is, is my bookshelf and so i'm just trying to work out where i i, I definitely have these i've got the soft but um paperback of truth it might be the uh, next one after that then but i think i've got i don't know it's just where i got up to so mm. um I think it's definitely um, the Tiffy, Tiffany Aiken or whatever stuff mm -hmm. I've got, uh, and Thud, uh, Making Money, Wintersmith, mm -hmm. Nightwatch. I then did pick up some older versions uh, yeah. of Moving Pictures and Pyramids in hardback. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, yeah, but then I've got Going Postal, actually, um, in hardback as well. Aha. Uh -huh. so, yeah, uh, so, um, yeah, I've been in, in, into Pratchett since I was, you know, in my teens, um my i mean it was one of the things we had to do when we combined households my wife and i that we had to kind of pick we we, we both had all the books so we had to kind of pick who was which which copy of which was going to yeah, kind of be yeah, kept yeah. and which one was not in good enough condition and could be uh, passed on elsewhere since getting into it i got my parents into it uh gradually so they, they've read most of them um uh, and such like and then yeah for me I think I think for me the kind of big thing with Pratchett is his focus on the importance of story. Yeah. That you know that that you know his stories are ultimately stories about stories and about yeah. the telling of stories um, and why stories are important. Um, and and for me that's really important. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, th I think I very much so. I very much agree. And I, and I think again, it, for me, it's I like it the way that he, he talks into society. Mm -hmm. uh, and for me, I, I love Hogfather. Uh, as I said earlier, watching it uh, mm -hmm. because it allows me again to have a bit of space as we re-enter into the annual traditions of Christmas, yeah. um, and and it makes me allows me to kind of critique and sit back and kind of go, you know, are we on the right track? Am mm -hmm. I on the right track with the traditions that I do? Is it are there things that I would want to change? And just yeah. like you know, kind of if if um, again, hopefully no spoilers, but you know <laughs> what happens one day if Father Christmas is actually uh, being looked after by, or the role of Father Christmas is <laughs> looked after by death instead, yeah. uh, you know, and, and that sort of thing, um, yeah. you know, and and I think it is just that that freedom to imagine and think differently and permission giving um and yeah. uh, and i think i think as with a lot of things that you've shared tonight is a lot of there's a lot of opportunity to think differently and give ourselves mm -hmm. permission to be more creative to be more reflective and, and especially at a time of year when a lot of it is about emotion and yeah. so you know um that's what the shops are doing you know they're, they're trying to sell mm -hmm. things through our emotions and yeah um, uh, i should have also maybe asked about um, what's our favorite christmas advert as well uh maybe that was one yeah. for those who's uh who kind of let's let's also have that as an additional thing what's your yeah. go-to film but what is I the i don't catch i don't catch so many of them now because we watch so much on streaming and things um, i don't i don't catch so much yeah, yeah, yeah. so many of the adverts i, I used to really yeah. like catching the christmas adverts i used to work in marketing marketing communications so oh, cool. they don't they don't work on my emotions because i know how to avoid that bit yeah, yeah, but yeah. i do like the storytelling um yeah. my favorite one of all time continues to be um the sainsbury's one from i think it was 2014 or 15 with um mob the cat who oh, kind yeah. of crashes the whole house down and kind of ruins christmas and then wow. still gets given his egg at the end yeah. oh um, gosh, was, that, was that really that long ago i said to yeah. becky because i know that mog's been on is going to be on channel four isn't it or some um this christmas right uh, as the actual animation and i said to yeah. her i said oh, that's really weird i thought sainsbury's only did it two years ago uh obviously no. a lot longer <laughs> and it, that one's always stuck oh. in my mind that was just that yeah because they're getting the egg at the end despite the fact that he ruined he was the one that ruined christmas it's just such a brilliant example of the grace hmm. that you see at Christmas. 
yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. the one that's ruined everything, and yet he still gets his egg at the end. And then um, that one's always stuck in my mind too. Uh, yeah, but I've yeah. not really picked up many of the ones this year. So yeah. Um, but but I, th- I think for me, it's just that you know that when when we have such. Uh, an emotional time of year mm-hmm. where everyone is set up on, you know, all the, the Christmas music, you know, it all is there to kind of twang with the nostalgia and otherwise mm-hmm. the Christmas adverts are all trying to sell things. And like, a, mm-hmm. here is the, the, you know, perfect reduced down flavor mm-hmm. of Christmas, uh, you know, for everybody, you know, buy our products. Um, you know, I think, that for me is that moment to take a step back and take things in my stride a bit more and kind of go, you know what, what am I doing here? What, what, mm-hmm. what is this year going to be about? Yeah. And, uh, and if I can get a sermon out of a Christmas advert, then I'm going to enjoy it anyway. Uh... Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the other thing with Pratchett is especially in the Hogfather, but in other stuff as well. Mm. I mean, I think one of the things I like is that you know, he was, he would have probably described himself as atheist at the very yeah. best agnostic. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but he's he's always so massively kind of, you know, the reason he doesn't he, he's not one of the new atheists. He was not one of the new atheists. He wasn't, yeah. you know, because he he recognized the importance of both of story and the stories we tell of ourselves yeah, and yeah. the importance of belief. You know, the whole yeah, thing yeah. of Hogfather is there's this space and belief has to sit in it. And if yeah, yeah. and if the Hogfather's not going to be there, then death's got to do the role to hold that yeah, space. Yeah. Well, spoilers. Because belief, even oh, if far it too, was, you know, it far too late for the spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think this is it. I think this is it. I think it, it, it is a good vehicle, and and I think yes, I think some of his later stuff as well. I would definitely say mm. he was. He felt a bit more anti anti-god with his um, other oh, what is it island series whatever um but um i think that opportunity to to speak into religion and into mm-hmm. faith and, and like um an organized religious kind of you mm-hmm. know communities as well um yeah. i think is is really helpful and i think um mm-hmm. it, it reminds me of like where richard dawkins kind of talks about oh i don't believe in that sort of god and people kind of going yeah we don't believe in that sort of god either <laughs> you know no, it's like seem to innately get that he yeah, got that yeah. actually most people who believe in god don't believe in that kind of yeah. god but it's therefore important to play around with well what do we mean by believing in god and why yeah. might that be important and yeah. um but he offers other things as well i mean i'm already yeah. thinking it's a little while away but my next sabbatical um i might uh, i've got this idea that i might explore um models of pastoral ministry based on the witches of lanka oh wow yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, well sorry i should mention because a sabbatical not, not everyone might know what that is oh, yes, but it's so, like a three yeah. month uh like period uh where ministers can kind of be be paid but would be released mm. i guess into yeah. doing some a bit more in-depth stuff and that happens mm. maybe every seven years yeah. uh something like that um sorry just a, a methodist term there, which might i think we can talk about sabbaticals generally um but mm-hmm. in a methodist world that's what they kind of mean yeah. uh but uh, oh I, I look forward i hope you can enjoy that kind of nanny og pastoral uh kind of care and granny weatherwax is yeah, uh, yeah. appeal to pastoral visiting <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I haven't delivered any babies yet. Um, is it no, that? No, no, no. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, no. So uh, yeah, again, it, I think it's just the the social commentary and the way that you can kind of talk into things. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, gives us space to reflect and have yeah. fun together. Um, I'm aware of time. Uh, we've gone yes. over a couple of minutes. Um, is there anything left to say, Tom? Um, no, I don't think so. Those were the kind of yeah, we've done Lego, we've done Warhammer, we've done Pratchett. I think those are probably my three big geeky areas that offered something to talk about yeah no well, bless you well thank you for joining us thank you for coming That's on welcome. and sharing uh, i'm just going to do the final last little plug about the join the conversation on discord Absolutely. continue folks to con uh, to comment about your favorite uh, christmas movies or your favorite christmas advert this year as well uh, mm. and uh, yeah just uh, don't be strangers folks even if you're listening on podcast if you are um following this uh, a little bit later on in the week or beyond mm. then just uh, post us a little comment uh, like 
share all that kind of stuff it's just to make sure that we're on the right track and and i i think i do also need to mention as well that um next week we've got our christmas special um i think we need to have christmas jumpers and things like that on um and i think there's a general request there if you're free and available then why don't you uh, come and join us uh, i'm going to drop you off the screen there tom uh, but bless you again thank you for joining us thank you for sharing and you. you've given us a lot to think and talk about so bye-bye for now Ka-chow. Uh, and yeah finally folks um yeah just um to say that next month in january it we will be doing this for a whole year uh so it will be our one year anniversary of um faith and geekery and so we just want to make sure that we are on the right track with this sort of thing working with the various kind of uh weekly features and things like that and uh, yeah so it'll just be good to get a little bit of feedback occasionally so i haven't worked out exactly what that is yet and uh, but uh please keep posted you know um subscribe to the video uh, to the youtube and things like that or facebook channel of cybersten um or even just find us online uh and um yes brandon uh, i'm sure we can try and find some geekery cake and candles that would be fab indeed but bless you folks thank you for for joining us today and uh i hope you are able to uh yeah have a, a good christmas um but when it comes uh but uh for now continue to enjoy advent and plod along and reflect as you go uh and uh yeah i hope you can just enjoy advent before we run into christmas and look forward to seeing you next week geek safe bye bye You have been listening to the Faith and Geekery podcast and if you want to find out more information or even be a guest on the show, please visit cybersten.co.uk for more information and all the social media likes and all that kind of stuff. And we are a small community, so those likes, those subscriptions, they all count and help towards uh, positive feelings in the world. Again, thank you for tuning in. Geek safe.